Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. This message before in my life. Uh, so uh, while I was while I was in uh, Texas, um, I I was just meditating on certain scriptures that I've read for a while. Uh, and I believe as we are closing this very difficult year of COVID and anxiety and lack of money, uh, I rarely speak um, messages that uh, have to do with maybe the a foresight of the next coming year. And I'm not saying this is a, a foresight for next year. This is definitely for now. But it's so prophetic about where we're at as a nation, but as an individual and pro- prophetically in the near future, and there's instructions in Isaiah chapter 54 in the first four verses that if I have time, I'm going to share with you principles on how to expand your capacity. Now, now watch this. Everybody say, expand my capacity. No, that was like, come on. Everybody say, expand my capacity. What that means, your spiritual capacity right now, everyone has a spiritual capacity in this room. Everyone, okay? So some of them have a, a capacity for a certain amount of faith. Another one, others have a capacity for bigger. But it's not because just God gives to this and that more because he does in some areas. He, he gives what he desires as his gifts to people. But we have the responsibility to expand our, our spiritual capacity for spiritual growth so that we can watch this, receive more from God, and so we can be more effective on the earth. Now, it means what I'm about to share this morning is a call and a challenge to spiritually stretch yourself so that you can make room for the new. Can I hear an amen? Now, look at Isaiah chapter 54. Again, I, now, I want you to, there's, there's about five or six points that I'm going to go back to Isaiah. Because Isaiah actually gives us ins- prophetic instructions of how to expand. Now, listen, I'm not talking about expanding physically, even though he's talking physically here. But spiritually, I am talking about spiritual expansion in your life. Because if we could say the truth, we have been stuck in the same level of spirituality for a long time. Many of us are stuck in the same revelation that we've had three years ago, five years ago, and we're not progressing in revelation, and we're not expanding spiritually. Come on, say amen. Now watch this. Here it goes. Sing, O barren. Now that's a little clue. It starts out, think about the instruction for barrenness. Sing, O barren. You who have not born, oh, I could preach on, um, whew, on that one just right there. You who have not born, in other words, if you're fruitless in your life, if you're not bearing fruit in your life, the command is sing, O barren. You have not born, break into singing. Look, look, and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit already. For there, so watch this, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. In other words, sometimes it feels like so many things are more bad is happening in our life than good. Right? Now watch this. Keep going. Enlarge the place of your tent. Everybody say that with me. Enlarge the place of your tent. I'm going to say that again. Say enlarge the place of my tent, and let, watch this, stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Woo. Watch this. Do not spare. This is, these are all commands, right? 
Lengthen your cord. So I'm going to explain all that. Verse 3. And stretch and strengthen your stakes. Everybody say strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. Come on. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Look, I'm almost done. Do not fear. This is a little, a little last command there in Isaiah 54 to expand. I'm giving you a foreshadow. Some of the things to expand your tents, right? For you will not be ashamed, neither will you be disgraced, glory to God. For you will not be put to shame, for you will forget the shame of your youth. And I will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. This is the last verse. For your maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. Come on, say amen. It is absolutely vital, oh, I feel the Lord, to know the need and the how to expand our spiritual capacity. Listen to what I'm saying. It's important to know the need and the how to expand. Because some of us, we want to grow. We want to expand our capacity, but we don't know how. So what is expanding your capacity? What does that really mean? What is, what is PG trying to, to convey when I say expand your capacity? Look at the first point up on the screen. The first point uh, is about expansion is this. Increasing our capacity speaks of the Lord's desires, a little bit long, to challenge us to see, everybody say, I need to see, the need for new spiritual expansion in our life. Now watch this. It is the call to identify the old and ineffective things in our lives so that we can make room for the new. It is the call to identify the old and ineffective things in our life so that we can make room for the new. You know why church and Christianity is boring to some of us? Because we're stuck in the old ways. We're stuck in the things that we have no more capacity for. And I'm realizing this, that the, the more we are able to increase our capacity on the earth by identifying the things that are stale in our life, Look, look at this. Jesus will eventually reveal more, do more through you and in you. And I'm going to prove that to you. Because the problem is that we are stuck in the same level and, of revelation. Even if you had a revelation three years ago, we, we, we stuck with that revelation and we cease to desire spiritual expansion in our life. And we hold on to that. And Jesus powerfully and prophetically said this, this need for expansion in, the, in a very popular scripture about holding new wine. Now watch. Now we read it before. Everyone reads that. But we always kind of throw that new wine as, a, as like a movement. Have you ever heard that? Like, well, God is going to do new things. He's a new wine. And I'm not limiting new wine as being a movement, like a new movement. But it's far above a movement. It is the capacity that you, that God wants us to increase to hold more of his glory and more of his revelation so that he could flow through us in a greater way. Now watch this. Look at what the NLT says. I'm going to read it two, two ways. The NLT talks about the need for new wine being put into new what? Wineskins. But the, the, the Passion Translation, how many love the Passion Translation? The Passion Translation actually gives us a deeper uh, 
meaning for the, the wineskin. And, and I'm going to give you both. The Passion Translation actually calls for a demand for new wineskin, not a suggestion. It's a demand and a call. Now look at the NLT and Mark chapter 2 real quick because I'm going to try to hurry because I want to go to these six points in Isaiah. But I'm going to give you a foundation, all right? Look at Mark chapter 2. You can read it in your Bibles or you could have your tablet in the, uh, in the, in the TPT, the, the Passion Translation, okay? The Passion Translation, here it goes. And who would mend worn out clothing with a new fabric? Watch this, guys. Apply this to your life when it comes to spiritual expanding your capacity, all right? When the new cloth shrinks, it will rip, making the tear worse than before. So actually, if we're trying to mingle... The, uh, uh, an expansion in our capacity with old ways of thinking and not expanding our capacity in prayer and in consecration and in our faith, then the Bible says even spiritually there's going to be a mismatch. Now, now watch. He goes, the, the terror will become worse. And, and who would pour fresh new wine into an old wineskin, into an old container, right? Now watch this. Some of us do that every week. And we're wondering why we're not growing. Eventually, the wine will ferment, the new wine will ferment and make the wineskin burst. Now watch this. Losing everything. The wine will be spilled and the wineskin will be ruined. So now, when, we're when we fail to spiritually expand in our capacity, both things will get ruined. The new things that God is trying to do in your life and then the wineskin that's old will be ruined. You're, 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 it's going to be ruined. Now watch this. Instead, new wine is always poured into new wineskin. Now, now, watch how the NLT reads that last verse. That last verse. NLT, same scripture, Mark 2, verse 22. Just so you could get a couple. I'm going to give you a little Bible lesson today if you don't mind. I'm going to give you some, some lots of points, lots of scriptures. And no one puts new wine into old wineskin, for the wine would burst the wineskin. Now, watch this. Read this slow. And the wine and the skin would be both lost. Now, watch this. New wine calls for. I love that. It calls for new wineskin. In other words, new wine demands for new wineskin. It is designed for new wineskin. New wine calls for it. It demands new wineskin. How can we expand our capacity? Uh, I'm just going to say it. Some of you are going to get mad at me. but How can we expand our capacity if we're satisfied with elementary Christianity and all, and that's all that we're in. We're in our elementary stage. We, we, get, have, we, we, know, we don't want to progress past five minutes of our prayer time, of our word time. Yes, we love the Lord. And we, yes, we're doing our duties. But yet we do not desire to expand. Now watch this. I'm going to say something really powerful. But you have to hear me fully to understand because I'm not going to be off. I know that some of you may think, oh, I don't know. I used to think. Like many of you, that all I had to do was quote a scripture and watch this. Here's a, a good charismatic word. Claim a scripture for me and I could have the exact results just because I claim it. Just because God said it's in the word and I claim it without spiritually expanding my capacity for a greater consecration, greater faith, greater prayer life, greater holiness in my life. We think that we can stay in an elementary level all of our life and claim scriptures that Jesus walked and fasted for 40 days to attain. And just claim that scripture and say, why isn't it happening? Oh, Pastor George, you're just adding to things. I'm going to prove to you scripturally that our need to expand our capacity is congruent with us claiming scriptures to try to apply in our life. I'll have revelation for you this morning. If you're claiming a scripture about Jesus, I mean Peter's shadow, 
Peter's shadow walking by and healing the sick, then you better believe that you need to at least consider walking like Peter walked in his private life. If you, I'm going to share, I'm going to share a couple of scriptures with you because what, what happens is the reason why we don't have, no longer have room to in our spiritual capacity is because our spiritual shelves are full with other things. What happens when your when your bookshelf is 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 jam packed? Even though you have new things, new books, you can't put it in there. So guess what you have to do? Watch this. It's, 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 the natural is symbolic of the prophetic. What do you do if you have a bookshelf that is full and you have about twenty new books that you need to put in there? You do one of three things. One of three things. You either remove old books. Come on, somebody. You remove the, the books that no longer are useful to you or you want to give away. So it could create little holes in that shelf. So you could put new books in there. Either two, you have to go out to Ikea <laughs> or some other place and get a bigger shelf so you could add the new books in. Or you expand your shelf. You create more of the shelf. So watch this. You can have what's already in there and you can have what's about to be in there. So, so watch, watch this. This is the scripture I used to quote all the time and charismatics quote it all the time. And we think that if we don't, we don't have to do anything to expand, we just quote that scripture and it's going to happen and we get discouraged. Well, I quoted that scripture. Now watch this. In John chapter 14, I, I, we all have quoted the scripture. So don't get mad at me. I want you to continue to quote it. But I'm going to prove to you scripturally that just because we quote something, we also have to live like Jesus walked. I, I, no, I'm serious. I, I, for years, oh God, I'm quoting this. Five-minute prayer life, yet I'm, I'm mad why I can't raise the dead or, or why. Do you realize if you examine Jesus' life, he fasted 40 days without water. Well, he's Jesus. That's why he. No, 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 no. I'm going to prove to you through scripture that if we, we need to expand our spiritual capacity in order for us to have room for God to do something new in us and through us. So watch, here's, here's, here's the scripture, all right? Here's the scripture I used to claim. John chapter 14, verse 12. Watch this. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me. Watch, I'm, I'm going I'm to prove it to you in a second. The works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. Now, that scripture, you, there's so many layers to that scripture that I don't have time to break that down. Because some would argue that the greater works is actually happening through technology. And I kind of agree with that. Which means, like, Jesus, when he was on the earth, he could not be in China and Russia and America at the same time. Okay? Right? But through technology, we could. So some people argue, well, that's happening now. The greater works is happening now. But then some argue, it's like, the greater works, if it's, if it's, if it's, the miracles, if it's the power, if it's, if it's the authority, yes, he's God, but he also gave us the Holy Spirit here on earth. Then why are we not seeing that and we're claiming that? Now watch, watch this, watch this, watch this. Without personal expansion in our prayer life, in our level of consecration, do you know that you can love God and not be consecrated fully to the Lord? You can love God and have major areas of darkness that you're refusing to close in your life. Do you think we could just quote that scripture and claim that scripture because we have uh, the authority as a Christian to claim that scripture and all these things will automatically happen without expanding our capacity? Come on, church. I'm preaching good. Now watch. You say, where is that found? Now, before I say that, look at this next point. Put that next point. If we want the results 
that Jesus walked in and promised for us, there's still a need for greater responsibility and greater expansion in our hearts to walk as Jesus walked. Now watch. Pastor, I don't believe that. I just believe what the scripture says. And because he, he just said, if you believe in me, the works that I do, you shall do also. Then why is it not happening with us? Have you tried it? Have you tried it? Come on, have you tried it? Have you, have you, have you claimed that like me? Has it happened to that degree like Jesus said? Okay, now watch this. Look at 1 John. You're going to love this. Got quiet up in here. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. Here it goes. Here it goes. Watch this. This is a slap in our face in a good way. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk as Jesus walked. Wait, wait. Talk back to me for a second. He who says he abides in him must also walk as Jesus walked. Yeah, it's also walking in holiness. Yes, he's walking in that. But guess what? He tried to teach his disciples to pray a little longer, but they fell asleep. He says the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. Guys, you want to start quoting scriptures with results? Start, start applying other principles of the scripture to your life instead of just claiming it and be satisfied with an elementary walk with God. It's time to graduate from preschool. It's time to graduate from first grade. That's why the writer of Hebrews boldly, if the writer of Hebrews were, were here today, we would think he would be rude. Could you imagine the writer of Hebrews coming to RCC and saying, by this time, you should be teachers. <laughs> by this time, you'd be like, oh, who is that? Who do you think he's at? We mean, I'm, I'm, I'm serving the Lord. I don't have to be a teacher. By this time, you should be teachers. But I can't do it because you're still in need of milk. But you need to graduate to meet. Because the Bible says in Hebrews, it says, those who have meat are ones who are spiritually, for the spiritually discerned. We need to have spiritual exercise to grow. Now, First John, now remember, here's what God says. You have to remember that the Bible says we're transfigured from glory to what? So if you look at even, I believe the, 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 the Passion Translation, I love the Passion Translation. It actually says something that I've never seen before. Do you actually know that the Bible says in the Passion Translation, we are transfigured from one level of glory to the other? Wait a minute. Some of you guys don't know that. That's why we need to expand. That's why we need to allow the Holy Spirit to stretch ourselves and allow us to grow in areas. That means consecrate yourself a little bit more. Get into a time where you allow your flesh to be crucified so that you could go from an elementary phase of your walk with God to a little bit more mature and grow the things of God. Now watch this. Now watch this. I'm going to show 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. All this is just my foundation. Guys, are you getting something in it? Now look at look at this. I want everyone to look at the TPT version. This is if you don't have a version to go to, I'm telling you the TPT and the New Testament, the NLT. Now watch this. We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces, and with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord. That means all of you are spiritual mirrors. But are you satisfied with just one level of reflection? Now watch. Who bring the reflection of the glory of Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. As we move from one brighter level to another brighter level. Uh-oh. Listen. I know this sounds really cliche, but we it's, it's time that we contend to go to the next level. 
in our walk with God. You know what? That means some of you, God forbid, need to crucify your flesh to, 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 have, to, to develop a discipline of prayer in your life. Some of you love God more than, I'm, I'm talking about, you're, you could run around, you could holler, and you could shout, you could scream. But some of you have very little prayer life. That's an area that he wants to expand in your life. Some of you love God with all your heart, but your level of consecration in the area of holiness can maybe have an expansion in your life. Am I preaching to somebody here? We cannot be satisfied with the same level and believe that we could quote a scripture that Jesus took, consecration and, and, and prayer and fasting to achieve, and say, that's all we got to do. We just, we just got to love Jesus, barely make it, and all these things will happen. No, we need to grow. Come on, we need to grow. Say grow. And if we disagree even more, I'm going to show you probably the greatest example right now. It's a little long read. But the greatest example, in my opinion, of our spiritual need to expand and not be satisfied with the level that we're at. To continue to go from which one glory of transfiguration to the next. But allowing the Lord to do it by examining what's old in our lives and expanding. I'm going to give you keys for expansion in just a little bit. But the greatest example of what I feel of just not, just barely making it is not enough or just... Oh, boy, I'm going to get in trouble on this. No, I, I am, but I'm going to prove it by scripture, though. Okay. Just believing only and just praying only is not enough. Now, wait. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. That, that, wait, you're, you're being legalistic now, Pastor George. That's, it's very simple. You're making it too hard. You're making it too hard for me. Okay. I'm going to let the scriptures do the talking and I'm going to shut up, okay? Not really, but I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to let, I'm going to let the scripture do it, all right? I'm going to let the scripture do it. Holy Spirit's like, shut up, it's my turn. <laughs> so watch this, Mark chapter 9, are you ready for this? If any scripture, if any scripture in the New Testament calls for a greater expansion to achieve a certain result, is this one. Are you ready? So remember, I'm a, what you're about to see is they all believed and they all prayed and still nothing happened. There needed to be a level of an expansion. And you, are, you, are you ready for this? Watch this. Here it goes. I'm going to prove it by scripture. Mark chapter 9, verse 17 up through 29. Let's put that up on the screen. Mark chapter 9. Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son. I, I, I want you to examine this scripture, okay. Who was mute, who had a, who had a mute spirit, Okay. And where, when whatever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So this was a, a guy who had a demonic possession, right? Okay, now watch very closely. So I spoke to your disciples. Which, by the way, let me pause. If you do chronological study, that the Bible says in, in the chronological study, way before this happened in other Gospels, Jesus called his disciples and he laid hands on them. Jesus himself. And said, go cast out demons. Go heal the sick. Cleanse the leper. And they, and they would come back. Oh, I'm so excited. It happened. It happened. Hey, don't be excited so much about that. Be excited that your name is the book of life. Right? But, but watch this. God already had given his disciples a, a specific command. So watch this. I, I, I took them to your disciples modern day. I took them to your church. Jesus, I took them to RCC. They're trained. They love God. They pray and they believe. Right. That they should cast it out. But they couldn't cast it out. Wait. Okay. All right. Let's keep going. 
And he answered him and said, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Look at verse 20. We're going to keep going. Then he brought them to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. Now, now, now notice, Jesus had, didn't have to, he didn't say, <laughs> he didn't do like us charismatics, right? When, when a demon is freaking out, like, <laughs> and, and, you're, and you're like more scared of the demon than, than the demon is of you. That's a whole other subject. When you don't know, that's a whole other subject. I've seen people like, that like just are, are, are so afraid of demonic power. That means we're not growing. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? Watch this. He said, from childhood. Everybody say from childhood. childhood. Then, and often he has thrown, the demon has thrown him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and heal and help us. Watch. I'm almost done. Keep on reading. Watch this. Jesus said to him, if you can believe. Now, wait, that that's almost seems contradictory, right? If you can believe, all things are possible to him to believe. That is a 100% true statement. A 100% true statement. All things are possible to him to believe. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. Let's not, we are masters of taking one scripture and not applying the other scripture to fulfill that. So watch, this is what I, what I show my team. If I say to, if I say to you, Michael, hey, I'm going to give you a stick of butter and I want you to eat it. How would you think about that? You'd be like, ill, right? Okay, so butter, right? Elijah, I'm going to give you a, a, a whole bag of flour. I want you to eat that. Just the flour. But I want you to claim it. I want you to claim that flour. That flour is good. Right? I want you to claim that that butter is good. I want you to believe that that butter is good. You're going to be like, oh, it's nasty. And I want you to get a whole bag of sugar. I want you to eat the whole bag. Your diabetes is going to go up. <laughs> All three of you be like, that is ridiculous. We get mad because... We're not realizing that in order for this to be good and that to be good and this to be good, it all has to come together. When you, when, when you, when you get the butter, correct me if I'm wrong because I don't know how to bake. <laughs> when you get the butter, when you get the flour, flour, and when you get the sugar and, some, and milk and eggs and you put them together, you can make a really good cake. Watch this. But we do that with Scripture. You got the spiritual butter over here, and he's unsatisfied because he's quoting the spiritual butter. But nothing fully is happening. There's no real good cake in there. But then this person is quoting the spiritual flour, and the, the, the flour, like the flour eating flour, not the, the blooming flour. And then this person is quoting the sugar, and they're all ingredients that are needed, but yet they don't see results. Why? Because they need to combine other realities to it. You know why you're getting frustrated? Because you're trying to quote one scripture. Watch this. Watch this. If you have faith, didn't he just say that? If any, it's anyone who believes, all things are possible to him who believes, right? That's the flour. Or that's the sugar. Watch this. Watch. I'm going to show you. Oh, this is good stuff. I say, if you, now watch this. Immediately the father of the child cried out, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit saying, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. When the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, he came out of him and he became as dead as though, and many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up. Listen, and he arose. Are you ready? Here is the need for expansion and here's the need for the combination that we do not realize up until now. And when he had come into the house, his disciples said to him privately, hey, Jesus, we did what you told us to do. We believed. We cast it out. Why could we not cast it out? 
He said, this kind cannot come out. Here's a combination. But by prayer and by fasting. Wait a minute. They believed. They prayed. But they didn't have a fasted life. Do you understand that when you and I are called to spiritually expand, do not just quote one scripture and claim it to you and, and then be frustrated because it's not happening. Get the flour, get the butter, get the eggs, get the sugar and put it all together. Different scriptures and make sure you're not just only believing. Let's make sure you're not only praying, but make sure you're also fasting. Come on. Listen, this is going to help you grow. Stop being mad because you're only living by one scripture and you're not applying the other. All right? That same way, he who does not provide for his own house is worse than an infidel. So here you are, you're trying to provide for everybody else, but you're not providing for your own house. That's the other, that's the other problem. You're providing for everybody else, and the reason you aren't not getting any breakthrough, because the Bible says if you don't provide for your own household, you're worse than an unbeliever. The Bible says that in Timothy. You could, you could look it up. All right? So watch this. If Smith Wigglesworth could do it, why can't we do it? You know why? Because we as Christians see the end result, and we don't see the, the private years of fasting, praying, consecration, and the level of the, that they walked in to receive that kind of growth. Growth in their power. We go from glory to glory. You need to start being dissatisfied with the level that you're at. That's where spiritual expansion truly starts. When you realize, I need to expand. I am not going to be able to make my, the, the things that I really want with just an elementary life of prayer, no fasting at all. Well, guess what? You'll still get to heaven. You'll still love God, but you will not walk in the fullness of power that God intends for you. But guess what? It's not God's decision to do that. It's ours. I'm going to say something really powerful right now. You decide how much you get from God, not God. You decide how much level of power you want to get into. Now, I'm going to say this uh, in the next 15 minutes, okay. I'm going to give you five or six in ingredients. I just gave you like little flower ingredients, but now I'm going to give you ingredients right out of Isaiah 54 on how to expand. Are you ready? Are you ready? So Isaiah 54 actually gives us five or six ingredients how to expand and how to expand our capacity. Okay, so figure it like this. I don't have a vase in here, right? But if you had, you, if you had how many like, like coffee? How many like coffee? All right, all right. Look at that, look at that. Okay, how many like uh, water? Okay, just water, water. Okay, all right. Sometimes your body needs a little bit more <laughs> than what you're giving it. Right? So if, like me, if, if you just, if I'm really tired, don't give me a little cup of coffee. Give me a little bigger cup of Bustelo or Pilon. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Sometimes I'm like, I need two cortaditos, not just one. Right? Right. But, but if you only, it's the same with water. If you're thirsty and you're dehydrated and someone gives you a little cup of water, it's going to wet your appetite, but it's not going to satisfy you. In order for it to satisfy you, you have to get it in a bigger cup. Hello? You have to get it in a bigger jar so that you could receive more. And that you could be in, and you could, so that you could give more as well. All right? So look at this. This is the, the thing I'm going to do. Six, six things I'm going to give you an instruction to expand. Because you say, okay, that's good. Expansion is needed. I see it now, Pastor. You're showing me through Scripture that I need to expand my capacity. How do I do it? Okay, look at this verse. Look at this, 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 Isaiah 54, 
gives us. Here's the, here's the, the, the slide. Spiritual ingredients necessary to expand so we can handle the greater things of God ha has planned for us and be more effective in the kingdom of God. Okay, here's the first ingredient. If you, wait, wait, wait. Before you put it up there. Before you put it up there. Okay, okay, okay. The first ingredient is the first verse of Isaiah 54. Put it up there. The first ingredient to expand is sing. Now watch. Now listen. He said sing. Oh, barren. Now, now watch this. How many find yourself in a season where you're not producing a lot of fruit in your life sometimes? Let me tell you something what happens when you sing. Especially when you, I'm not talking about sing like, like, like Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm, sorry, I'm talking about singing songs to the Lord. Do you know that the, that, that the definition of being a spirit-filled Christian starts with singing? You say where? Ephesians. Be not drunk with wine. Be filled with the spirit. What's the next verse? And sing songs and spiritual songs to one another, right? Spiritual hymns, right? So the definition of a spirit-filled Christian is not, oh, and you say, oh, that's a spirit-filled, that's a spirit-filled Christian. They're speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. No, a sign of a spirit-filled Christian is a person that always has a song in their heart. A song in their heart. You know what I was singing the other day? I haven't sang that in years. It's like an old Benny Hinson. I'm just worshiping, and it's like, some of you guys are going to clock me on this. Not clock me, but like time me, right? This is like truth. It goes, truth, beauty, and happiness. You hear Pastor Benny. It's all in the name of Jesus. It's all in the name of Jesus. Health and heaven. Peace and rest. Peace and rest. <laughs> It's all in the name of Jesus, right? And, and, and so I'm I, <laughs> there's truth and there's beauty and there's beauty, right? I started singing that, right? And I cannot get that out of For the last two weeks, I'm like, I'm brushing my teeth. And happiness is all in the name of Jesus. Here's the thing. When we are in a fruitless situation in our life, here is the number one way to expand. Start expanding. Start singing songs to the Lord. I'm telling you, this is, God has designed worship and singing so powerfully that I, I can't explain this, but singing has the capacity to open up your heart like a flower. It, ha it has a capacity to just say, you know what, I'm going to open up, and when it opens up, the Lord could deposit the needed seeds that he needs into your heart so that you can have true expansion. Some of you, it's not about a voice. It's not about your voice. Some of you are embarrassed to actually sing. I see some of you. You're like, I love the Lord, but I'm not singing. I'm going to tell you, Isaiah 54 gives us the first ingredient. He says, sing. Everybody say sing. Especially when you're in a season of dryness. Especially when you're in a fruitless season. Why? Two times he said, sing, oh, you what? Barren, those who have not produced, child. In other words, two times when you're spiritually in a funk. And you're spiritually stale, start singing. And something, I guarantee you, eventually will start reviving your heart. Come on, start singing to the Lord. I, and I'm talking to business people too. You can sing to the Lord. It's not just for prophetic people. It's not just for prayer wars. It's not just for worship leaders. It's for everybody. I encourage you, sing to the Lord. I will sing of the Lord. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing a new song. All right, look at this phrase up here before I go to number two. Ready? Look at this, look at this point. The discipline 
and practice of singing in worship to the Lord will expand your spiritual capacity, especially when you're stuck in a season of little to no fruit in your life. I'm going to challenge you. I know this sounds weird, right? I know this sounds weird. And, and I'm sure Christina could, and, and some of you guys could explain this better than I could. But I'm telling you, I don't fully, I don't fully know why and how, but I know when I sing, something happens to me. Like I, I get, I grow in my, my, in my walk with God when I choose to sing. Here's what I hear the Lord saying. Some of you need to add singing to your devotions. That's what I heard. Like here's what some of your devotions are, and it's good. Just reading the word, right, uh, or just interceding. But I want, you, I want to add a little ingredient to your devotion. I want you, when you pray and when you read the word, spend some time. I don't, I'm not going to tell you the time. Singing to the Lord. Spend some time. I'm I mean, undistracted, undistracted. And if you really want to boost, like if you really want to energize, boost in your heart, sing the scriptures. That's a whole other. I mean, if you really want your heart to come alive, woo, you read and you pray and you sing the scriptures, forget about it. Forget about it. All right. So number two. Here's the second ingredient all found in Isaiah. Second ingredient to expand. Say the second ingredient to expand my capacity. Cry aloud. Now remember, I'm, all, I'm reading verse for verse, but I'm going to explain what each point means. Number two, he said, said sing those who's barren. Then he said, cry aloud. Now watch this. Zoom in on me because this is going to be really good. The second ingredient to expansion is to end the silence that disappointment, hurt, and pain has caused your life to be silent. Nothing silences the believer more than pain, discouragement, offense, disappointment. Cry aloud is a prophetic call to, from the Lord to end the silence of the lambs. Ooh, that wasn't even my notes. <laughs> to end the silence of God's lambs. Now, years ago, I, uh, if, you're, if you were like me, all right, how, okay, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because, it, it, you know, obviously I don't want to call anybody out. But how many by your nature, just because you're a person, and this is not uh, necessarily bad on you, it's just I, I want to explain a point. How many have a tendency to internalize pain when pain comes and not talk about it? How many, come on. How many have a tendency? Okay, we all do that, right? I, we, we, pain happens. Uh, strife happens. Hurt happens by somebody. And what do we do? Watch, I'm going to set you free here. What do we do in reaction to most of the time when we, we, we have pain? We become silent. And we battle within, within us. And we have those thoughts. And we maybe talk to maybe a few close people. But we don't even hardly talk to God about it because we're so hurt. Right? We're so in pain. Years ago, I was hurting about something. And I'm driving. I'll never forget. And I, I heard, I'll never forget the lesson I learned about breaking the silence. You want to expand? How many want to expand? Here's a prophetic word for you. It's time to identify what has hurt you and break the silence. Watch. I'm going to prove it by scripture. Years ago I was hurt and the Lord said, I want turn to this song. And I never heard this song before, guys. And I, even today, I, I think I've only maybe used it one time in RCC in the four years that we've been here. I'm going to read it today. Years ago I was driving and I was hurt and I was internalizing everything. Internalizing everything. And I was not, I was, I was, the enemy had me in silence because of hurt. Now you've heard me say before. The enemy's power is in your silence. I've said that before. But what I didn't tell you is that when the Lord told me years ago the enemy's power is in your silence, he turned me to the scripture, which I never turned to you before. I never saw this before. And I realized 
Have you guys, okay, before I read the scripture, how many of you mechanics, right, or want to be mechanics, take a Coke, Coke can when your battery has full of acid, right? Come on, somebody. And you pour that Coke and it eats away all that acid, right? And you're like, if this is doing this to my battery, what is it doing to what is, if this is doing this to my, what is this doing to my kidneys? And so you have this revelation like, wait a minute. This is the revelation I had. I'm like, okay, when I read the scripture, I realized that I was, in my silence, I was decaying myself. Now watch. Look at this. Psalm 32, verse 3. This is going to set some of you free. I, I'm telling you, I feel the Lord. When I kept silent, this is David, my bones grew old through my groanings all day long. My God. My God, when I kept silent, this is, this is David. He said, when I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groanings. In other words, I was so dried up that my bones hurt in my silence. It grew old and brittle when I kept my silence. Crying aloud is an ingredient to expand your capacity by ending the silence. Not by just ending it and say, I end my silence today. You end it by identifying what silenced you. Come on. I'm going to pause for, for a little, for a little, for a little. You end it by identifying what silenced you. What silenced you? What is silencing you right now? What has silenced you? Maybe some of you, you're no longer doing what you were called to do. What has silenced you? Is it pain? Is it hurt? What decisions that you're about to make that it wasn't the Lord but it was your pain? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. In two months from now, I'm going to start a series called Only Say a Word. And I'm not going to get too much in it. The Lord has been speaking on the, uh, on the need to hear the voice of God. Because the voice of God is not just a tip for the, the voice of God can actually spare you from making really bad decisions. But guess what? When we remain silent, you only hear mostly one voice or two. You hear the enemy's voice and your voice. All the injustice has happened to you. All right? So when you, when you want to grow, say, say, I want to grow. We must break the silence of our souls for us to expand spiritually. Look at that. We must break the, how many are getting something? Just because you're hurting. I'm not saying that you didn't get hurt. And I'm not saying that what you went through was, uh, uh, you just need to get over it really quickly. What I am saying is that hurt, whatever it is, that disappointment, that leader, that family problem, that, that whatever, you fill in the gap. It will have a tendency to silence you. And God said, cry aloud. Aloud, sing, O barren, right? Those who have not born, to cry aloud, end the silence that pain and disappointment has caused. Oh, I feel this from the Lord. Right now, I just heard the Lord. Some of you are called to be preachers. I just heard that from the Lord. Preachers and teachers, and you've, your voice has been silenced by disappointment of your past. You've been silenced by somebody hurting you, and God is saying, Break that silence. You still have a voice. Cry aloud. Say, Cry aloud. Once we do, we won't let life circumstances silence us anymore. That's number two. So first, to expand is sing. Everybody say sing. Add singing to your devotions. Number two, end the silence. Cry aloud. Now this is going to get good. Number three. Look at number three. All from Isaiah 54. I'm, I'm just quoting it right from 54. Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. You know what that means? Identifying your comfort zones that are slowing you down. Stretch out. I say stretch out. 
So when the curtains, went, when they were in tents, they had tents. So the, the, the children of Israel, they had tents and, and curtains that they had as their dwelling place, right? But God now says, hey, I want to expand you. I want to multiply you. I want you to stretch out, if I say stretch out, your curtains. Because in order for you to grow and expand spiritually, we need to identify the areas that we have become comfortable with. Our comfort zone that has boxed us in a certain uh, um, mentality, boxes into a certain routine. Listen, do you remember the guy that was in the, 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 the pool of Bethesda? He was there for 38 years. 38 years. He was comfortable. Everything had happened. Things are, th listen, I'm going to say a statement right now that's going to shock you. Already, The greatest threat to your future success is what you do well today. Listen to what I said. Your comfort zone today can be an enemy for your fruitfulness tomorrow. What you do well today, do you know, and I, and I have to be careful how I say this, but one of the reasons that I felt stuck even before my transition is because I was, I was comfortable where I was at. And I see some people here, and, I, and, I, and Pastor Carlos, my, my former pastor, I was, I was very comfortable at Orlando House of Prayer. And I say that with humility. He knows this. I was, why was I comfortable? Now watch. Some of this is going to speak to you. I was getting a paycheck. I was preaching uh, two weeks out of the month. Kind of stirred my preaching desire, right? But when God had called me to start something, I didn't want to do it because I was so comfortable. Watch this. When you're comfortable, you will not take the necessary risk that it takes to fulfill your calling. God was knocking on my door. I was like, no. I don't know how I'm going to get paid if I, if, I, if I step out and start a church. No way. I like this. I like getting a paycheck every two weeks and not having the responsibility of senior pastor and still preaching twice a month. I got very comfortable. Very comfortable. And I tell you what, my comfortability was almost a, uh, a voice for me not to do what God called me. I'm going to give you a clue. If you ever want to do all that God calls you to do, that will require leaps of faith in your life, several leaps of faith, and several risks. You know how you spell faith? R-I-S-K. Risk. I risked, guys, they know, they started with me. John, Christina, some of you guys, I, re I remember where we were at. Where I, 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 I didn't know we were, we were going to pay them. I didn't know how I could pay myself. But I remember when the Lord spoke to me, I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And I, Now, some of you are going to think what I'm about to say is arrogant, but I promise it was not. I said, Lord, if, you, if I start this and, you, and you're in it, I want to raise. I don't want to live poor. I, I, I don't want to live barely making. I said, you better provide. I need you to provide. And God didn't send me the thousands and, and the people. He just said, you believe you have a team. Now step out and watch what I do. And I never forget. You've heard the story before. I was in the front, you know, Christina's. So I can still, I can still see her. My Christina's there in the school, and you know, had all these like blue little things in the background. My kids there, there, and I'm sitting in the front row, and I'm like, I'm, don't turn back, don't turn back, don't turn back, don't turn back. Uh, like, it was the first day of school. Like 500 people, you know, were there. I stepped out. I'm like, I'm gonna be embarrassed, Lord, but I don't want to turn out. There's like 40 people here, and that was just God dealing with me. It's nothing wrong with that with 40 if 40 people were there or not. And then my wife goes, turn around. I go, no, 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 I'm not gonna turn around. She told me to turn around. You heard the story before, but I saw a 500-seater auditorium almost filled to capacity. Um, and again, many of those came to support me, but it was God's sign. Step out in faith out of your comfort zone, and I will do the rest. 
You want to you expand? Watch this. I'm leaving out an ingredient, though. You want to expand? Get out of your comfort zone when the Lord speaks to you. Oh, that's good. Because some of you are going to take leaps of faith because you're frustrated where you're at and God never told you to do it. And I believe, this is what I believe. I could be wrong. I believe if Peter would have said, if Peter would have said, guys, I'm just frustrated to be in this boat with all y'all. I'm going to show you how spiritual I am. Watch, get out of the way. I'm Peter. I just, I, I told Jesus that I'm the only one. You guys are going to, watch this. I believe that if Peter would have, in his frustration and zeal, stepped out that boat with no faith and no voice of the Lord, he would have sank right there. But guess what? Well, guess what Peter heard before he, he was able to, he goes, is this you, Lord, or is this me? I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Is this, is this my zeal? Because you know, you know me, Lord. I, I get excited. I'm like PG. I get, I get excited, Lord. And so is, is, this, is this just me, me, you know, PG me, uh, my, my emotions because I'm frustrated or, or I just want to prove something? No, sometimes it is you, George. Sometimes it is you, Peter. Sometimes it is you. But this time, whoo, it's me. Come. What? It's me, Peter. It's not you anymore. You sure? Because I'm excited about this. Usually when I'm excited, I don't know if it's you or not. It's me. Watch this. The voice of the Lord came, but what did he have to do? Get out of his comfort zone. He had to get out that boat when the voice of the Lord spoke. That's good preaching. You better take a risk if you want to expand in conjunction with the voice of the Lord. Not the voice of hurt, not the voice of injustice, not the voice of what happened to you, not the voice of offense. Because then you'll get, plant, uh, you'll get removed from anywhere. That's why the Bible says, blessed are those who are planted in the house of the Lord that shall flourish in the courts of their God. The enemy's number one desire is to uproot you without the voice of the Lord. But when you have the voice of the Lord, you better step out. Come on, say step out. Some of you will never expand unless you step out of your comfort zone. Come on, say of your comfort zone. I'm almost done. Are you getting something? Are you getting something? Now watch this. Two more uh, up to six, number four, and then we're done. The fourth one is do not spare. It says sing to the Lord, right, Isaiah, right, those who have not barren, right, watch this. Cry aloud, stretch out your curtains, right, watch this. Four, do not spare. You know what do not spare means? Do not give up no matter what. Do not spare speaks of the capacity in you to resolve within yourself, even right now while I'm preaching. No matter what happens in my life, I'm not going to give up. Guys, do you know how hard that is to do? Seriously, I, I'm just going to speak real here now as your pastor. Do you know how many times I'm going to open up to you for a second? I wanted to quit this ministry, this one right here. This one. I'm not talking about 10 years ago. Do you know how many times I wanted to quit this right here? It's, it wasn't worth it. My pain, my physical pain, the emotional pain. L being a lead pastor is not what you think it is. Everyone will, everyone will have an opinion about your leadership. Even your leaders. And I say that with humility. It's hard to be in a position when you're on the top because you get the darts thrown at you. But you have to have a resolution that this is what God called me to do and God's telling me to do this and I'm not going to quit no matter if all people. That's why I love David. Because when I look at David, when he went to Ziklag and, and, and all the women and all the people were trying to stone him because they, he was at war. And could you imagine you guys, my people, wanting to stone me? I, I come back from, from Thanksgiving from Texas and like PG, while you were gone, all this hell broke loose. And you guys talk to each other. No, really, that's what happened to David. Y'all talk to my community now that wants to kill me. You know what David did? He goes, I'm super hurt right now. Who wouldn't? All these years that I poured on to these people, and now they want to kill me. You know what he did? 
The Bible says he encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord. What I'm trying to say is don't give up no matter what you're going through. Because at the end of the day, watch this. This sounds cliche-ish, what I'm about to say. It sounds cliche-ish. But the greatest breakthroughs are always on the other side of not giving up. Hello? The greatest breakthroughs are on the other side of you not giving up. Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. And the NLT says you will reap if you do not give up. Literally, word for word. If you do not, if you do not give up. So here's a clue. When you have everything in you screaming giving up, that means there's something right on the other side. That's what the Bible says. You will reap. You will reap what? His blessing. You will reap his favor. Come on, say amen. Some of us, hmm, I just, I, I, I just, I, 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 I'm not going to say that. Number five, I feel the Lord. How many feel the Lord speaking to you? The fifth one, and I'm done to number six, is the fifth one. Strengthen your stakes. Now, this is really important. This is something I rarely talk about. The Bible says, strength, after he says cry aloud, strength, you know, stretch your cords, he said strengthen your stakes, which means build on things that are already strong in your life. A lot of times, in order for us to expand, it's not only just expanding our capacity to sing, our, our capacity to end the silence, and, but sometimes in order for us to expand spiritually, we've got to identify not just the weakness because we're always taught, you're weak in this, you're weak in this, you're weak in this, you're weak in this. Now identify the strong things that you have built. Strengthen your stakes. That means your stakes were, were, you know what stakes were? There were things that were stuck to the ground that anchored the tent. What he's saying is strengthen those things that anchor you. Strengthen the things that anchor you. Here's what I've identified are some of my stakes that I'm going to strengthen in 2021 and in this year. My friendships that are strong. I have friends that, that the Lord told me, you, want, you, you, need to, you need to be more intentional and having lunch with them, having breakfast with them. That's why my good friend Stephen Galoza, you know what, I've identified, we've identified, let's, let's, let's strengthen our friendship. So how do you strengthen a friendship? Not just saying, hey, let's come over, once a year, come, come and preach to, to, to RCC. No, let's break bread together. Strengthen Strengthen family dynamics. If some of you, I, I look at you as your pastor and as your friend, you have incredible families. Strengthen that. If, if you're known to have a strong family, strengthen that in these times. Because when you strengthen your stakes, you're, you're going you're to position yourself to stretch further. Come on. Someone say strengthen what's strong. Stop harping only on what you're weak in. Identify something. Come on right now. Don't, don't say it. Identify something that you are strong in. Again, you don't preach that all the time because we're always taught to look at our weakness and look what, what's happening. What is strong in your life? To me, certain friendships are strong in my life. To me, certain families are strong in my life. I want to strengthen those. Strengthen discipleship in your life. Listen, I want to say something even bolder. Strengthen your leaders. Even the leaders that are above you. Strengthen them by your faithfulness. Strengthen them by your commitment. You know that when something is stretched, is, is designed to stretch, it has, it has greater elasticity when you stretch it more. Have you ever seen a rubber band that's old? What happens to a rubber band that's old? It's in your, it's in your office, right? And you look for it, and it hasn't been, it's been there for like two years. That's happened to me. I'm like, oh, look, some rubber bands. Yay. And I try to put it over some books. And what happens? It, it breaks, right? It breaks, right? You know why it broke? Because it, it was actually designed to stretch. But it wasn't stretching. So when something is designed to do something, it's not doing something, it will break under pressure. 
So when God actually says stretch your cords, strengthen your stakes, and stretch your tent, what it's saying is there's some things that are going to cause you to grow by, by circumstances of pressure. Pressure will cause you to expand either sh this way or that way. And here's what I want to say before I go to the last, the last point. The more we are stretched, put that in, a, in, in the notes. The more we are stretched in our faith and refuse to give up, the greater will be our spiritual elasticity to not break under pressure. I'm going to read that again. The more we are stretched in our faith and refuse to give up, the greater will be our spiritual elasticity to not break under pressure. And again, strengthen your stakes, strengthen your family, strengthen your, your friendships. Look at me. I want the worship team to get ready. I want the worship team to come up here. I'm, almost, I'm literally, I have one more point, and it's going to be like two, three minutes. So we could have the worship team up here is this. Identify what is strong in your life. What is strong in your life? Don't, don't say it back to me. What is currently strong in your life? Strengthen that. Strengthen the relationships that you have. Strengthen the friendships that you have. Strengthen each other. You know what's strong at RCC? Community. I need to do, if I'm going to grow, if we're going to grow this as a leadership team, I need to focus on what's strong and continue to do that. You know what the Lord told me years ago? Hear me, hear me. This is key. I want everyone to listen to me. When it comes to strengthening that which is already strong, is this. Years ago, I was... I was chasing after so many people, and every now and then I have the tendency to slip back into this. I was chasing so many people that wanted nothing to do with building the ministry or the local church, and I was chasing after them, chasing after them, and chasing, trying to convince them, oh, I haven't seen you, I haven't seen you. And the Lord says, you are focusing so much, here, just like this, on the 80% that do not want to build the church that I have called you to build, that you're losing the 20% that are strong and want to build. Ever since I heard that, I said, Lord, give me the 20%. I don't want to go. I, I don't want to go after. I don't want to say, okay, you know, I haven't seen you in four months. Oh, yeah, PG. Oh, yeah, you know how it is. I'm like, I love you, but I'm going to build with people that are wanting to build. Does it mean I'm going to stop praying for them? Does it mean I'm not going to stop reaching out for them? But I'm going to focus on the 20% that says I'm here. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to focus on people that are faithful. I want to focus on people like, like this, the, the first row here. They're like, they're, they're here. Let's build. Put our hands to the plow. The Bible, said, the Bible says that they, they, they did the temple in Solomon because they all had a mind to build. I'm, I'm quoting it word for word. Solomon's temple was built. If you read one of the scriptures, says, and, they, and it was built in so many days. I forgot the days. But it says because they all had a heart to build. I wonder, I wonder if the need for your spiritual growth is right in front of you because of the people that are strong in your life or the areas that are strong in your life. You know, if I, I'm just going to give an example. And I, I, this wasn't in my notes, but I hope you don't mind me saying that. You know, when I see my, my beloved Castillo family, one of the things that we all know family. You know, family has it's, nobody's perfect, but what I see at a distance is a strong family dynamic that I want to pattern myself in. What is that? What do you mean by that? It means they purposely and intentionally do vacations together because they value that strong aspect of their life. That's why I went to Thanksgiving. <laughs> 
cost me $2,000 just for the plane ticket. You know what? I'm making an investment of what's already strong in my life. I said, you know what? And I remember we, we were at the Thanksgiving and we're at the dinner table and my, and my cousin, and he made us cry. She was, she was just like, it was on the cuff. She said it like, uh, she goes, boys, she was talking to my son, Jaden and Jonathan, all my cousins. She goes, I hope you see how it's done. I hope you see what your parents are doing, what all, what all of us are doing. We all flew together. We all spent $1,000 just to be with family. Some of you are like, I don't know that. That's not worth it. One day, one day, you're going to wish you had one more moment with them. One day, you're going to wish you had five more minutes with them. But watch this. When you build on what's strong, you have no regrets. When, th when things pass away, you're like, Ooh, I feel the Lord. This is for some, I feel the Lord all over me. Strengthen what's strong in your life. Go on family vacations. Spend some money to be together. Yes, yes, yes. And lastly, lastly, do not fear. This is the last ingredient. It says, do not fear. Refuse to give into fear and anxiety. All right? And here's the, here's the result of not, of not fearing, according to Isaiah 54. You will not be ashamed. You will not be disgraced. And you will not be put to shame. So the six ingredients of expansion is singing. Everybody see singing. Crying out aloud, ending the silence. Say, end the silence. Say, stretch out my curtains. That means identifying your comfort zone, okay? Number four, don't give up. Do not spare. Say, don't give up. Number four, strengthen your stakes. Sorry, five. That means strengthening what's already strong in your life. Identify that. Some of you is like, well, I don't have... I have a lot of weaknesses. Okay, you may have a lot of weaknesses. Identify one or two things that you're strong in and build that. Well, I don't have a perfect family. Okay, you may, but, but you may have good health. Strengthen that. Strengthen that. Well, I have good friends, but I don't have good family. Well, strengthen the good friends. And then lastly, do not fear. I want everyone to stand up. I feel the Holy Spirit here. Christina, as you feel led, just play whatever you feel led. And I want us to just respond to this word. How many right now, before we sing and before we worship, I know we have gone a little bit over, but I want you to look at me. How many could identify that you have a need to expand your capacity? How many believe that you can no longer just quote a scripture and not add the spiritual flour and the spiritual butter and the spiritual egg? You need to expand. Say, I need to expand. Say that I need to expand my capacity for God to do more in me and through me. I need to identify the old. Come on, say it. I need to identify the old so I can be ready to receive the new. Now, as we worship, I want you to decide. These six ingredients to expand, I want you to think about these. And I want you to pray them in. Come on. Lift up your hands right now before the Lord. We're just going to take a couple minutes here. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to do His work in you. If you need to, to leave, you can, but I want you to take just the next two minutes. As we sing, I want you to think about what areas do you need to expand on? Do you need to break the silence in your life because you've been hurt? Do you need to add singing? Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.